Welcome to House to Home Podcast. It's here that we'll learn how to cultivate an eternal haven in our temporary world. So grab a cup of coffee, do the dishes, or even take a drive in your car. Whatever it is you do while listening, I hope you feel right at home. Welcome to House to Home Podcast. Bree with you today, and we have a guest, one of my good friends, Lisa Radke. She's going to be joining us to talk more about hospitality. So if you've been following along, we've been doing a short series on hospitality, gearing up for the holidays. Lisa and I have talked about this topic uh, just naturally several times in conversation, and they're very hospitable people, her and her husband and her family. And so I wanted to just have a little chat with her today. So that's what we're going to be doing. Um, We have a giveaway this month with Totally Handmade Candles. They make beeswax candles and they are giving away two Advent candle making kits, which is very generous of them. So two winners will be winning this month. And if you'd like to enter, you can go on our Instagram and do that. But she did want me to let you guys know that she does not do shipping outside of the U.S. just because it's too expensive. So if you are in the U.S., then you can enter that giveaway. But if you are not, sorry, that will not be a giveaway that you can participate in. However, I do want to encourage you guys to enter the giveaway because it is a small giveaway. All my giveaways are. This is um, with smaller businesses and I'm a smaller podcast. So that means that your chance of winning is really high. (laughs) So I encourage all of our friends and listeners to go ahead and enter that. And then also just um, another tidbit, if you follow us on Instagram or if you haven't yet, we encourage you to do so. Around the holidays, we share a lot of things on our stories for Advent and Christmas, and it's just a really fun time to be sharing tips and tidbits on there. And so you can check out our Instagram for more on that. And I think that's all my housekeeping. So Lisa, can you tell us a little bit about yourself before we could jump in? Sure. Well, I have been married to Sean for, we're coming up on 20 years and, um, we have four kids. Our oldest is a freshman in high school and our youngest is a three-year-old um, <laughs> who's in preschool this year um, with a fifth grader and a seventh grader in the middle. And we have um, moved back to the States about two years ago. We spent um, five years overseas as missionaries in Japan. Um, and we've been able to be a part of different, all different kinds of hospitality over the last 20 years of marriage. And so um, we're both very committed to showing hospitality, um, but also appreciate it looks really different mm-hmm. in different seasons, and sometimes it's harder than others yeah. um, to pull it off. Yeah, so that's what we kind of wanted to talk about at first, is how it, hospitality looks different for everyone. Um, so I talked about hospitality in that first episode or the first part of these series. And then I had a friend on Abby Short, actually Abby Martin. I did it again. Um, I keep calling her Abby Short because she's not been married for very long. Abby Martin. And she shared a little bit about hospitality and what it looks like for a single. And then today I wanted to talk about how it looks for Lisa and how that's different. It looks for us and it's different for other people that may be listening. And maybe you can find something Um, that Lisa says, or that I say that resonates with you and kind of encourages you in your hospitality. Um, I think for me, I used to feel bad serving people and making my house homey, kind of felt bad for being hospitable, um, because I think a lot of people saw it as entertaining, 
rather than fellowship and hospitality. So hospitality is something that I've honestly had to do a lot of wrestling with in the last 10 years. But I now realize that as a wife and as a mother and just as a Christian, which Lisa and I have talked about, that um, hospitality is something that is commanded of me as a Christian. And it's a way that I get to serve Christ and to serve others. And I can use the creativity that he's given me to do that, but to glorify him. So basically what we kind of want to talk about here in this first question is our home is going to look different than other people's homes in regards to hospitality. It's going to look different than your neighbor's. And we shouldn't feel guilty or shameful because of that. And I think what helped me see what true hospitality was, was actually being welcomed into other people's homes and then being hospitable to me. So let's just chat about what hospitality looks like for you, Lisa, and for your family. You have a different family dynamic than we do. You have a different schedule. Um, Mm -hmm. It's all just different. So what's it look like for you guys? Yeah, well, it's funny that um, that the timing of us recording this podcast, um, it, it's funny because we had sort of fallen off the hospitality <laughs> habit um, because we were so busy. We have three, di- three kids in three different sports, and I just started working full time, mm-hmm. and um, our littles just started school for the first time, and um, I was just plumb tired, <laughs> and so Bree and I started talking about you know, let's, let's do this talk on hospitality. And I was like, but I have not done, I like, I haven't had anyone in my home in ages. <laughs> hey, you so, had me, um, you had me in your home not too long ago. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, but I guess compared to how it's been in the past, right, um, right. Sean and I both in he, you know, he is, he is much um, better at just letting people into the mess of our yeah. home than I am. I I'm mm-hmm. more of the like I have to have things together. I don't want people to see my house. They can see it messy, but not too messy. Right. You know how it really gets, right? (laughs) Right. Right. Especially in the kitchen where I'm like, oh, they'll see the dirty dishes. But um, anyway, we, um, I sort of had this recently just like, okay, let me reevaluate because my main reason for not doing it as much as I'm just so tired. Yeah. And, um, but I, I realized we've had, we've had a few people over recently and I'm like, it is, I, I would be like just resting on the couch if I weren't having people over and I wasn't preparing for hospitality. But I actually do find that when I prepare for hospitality and I have people in my home, you know, I end the evening actually rested and refreshed, which is, you know, the fear of not being rested and refreshed is what keeps me from hospitality. But mm-hmm. ironically, welcoming people into my home actually does leave me refreshed in a way that just resting on my own does not, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I think it's Um, more like a spiritual, emotional need being met there by being around people. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, so right now, um, the hospitality for us looks like planning ahead, um, getting it on the calendar and thinking through, you know, the logistics of making it happen. Um, but it also looks like, um, just doing something. (laughs) Yeah. Um, instead of, uh, you know, it's that balance between, you know, I want to make sure that I've got what I need to make it happen, but at the same time, if if I wait to perfect it, it's not going to happen. And so, you know, like, so this past week we had a friend over who is, um, retired, older, um, like my parents age. And he, uh, we, 
we're all like Kai's coming home from basketball. We're eating at seven o'clock, but he just enters into that shuffle. We got takeout and he just sat at our table and we talked for, you know, two, two and a half hours. It was so much fun and our kids loved it. So that kind of hospitality just looked like, let's just grab something, have him come over. It's later than we usually do things, you know, but it was, it was lovely, you know? And then sometimes it looks like I'm going to cook on Saturday afternoon and have people over Saturday night. Um, and they'll bring their kids and it'll be wild and fun. (laughs) Um, and then other times like this afternoon, my, my freshman Kai is going to have two friends come home with him after basketball practice and they'll hang out around our house all day and eat our food. And then we'll take them back to basketball tonight. Um, so it still looks varied, but it's, it's very much a, like, just do something kind of approach. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I like that. Also, I think back to the last time, I think it was the last time we came to your house, we did dinner and I think I brought something, which is a good thing. If someone's inviting you over, ask if you can bring something. Because <laughs> um, I'm, I mean, pretty much everyone always asks if they can bring something to my house. And even if they don't ask, they normally come with something in arms. And that's just really kind and thoughtful. But anyway, when you had us over, Kai or Ian, one of the two had a game, like right in the, you, you told us ahead of time. That's you're right. like, yeah, you're like, we want to have you guys over for dinner. Um, and I think you even did it a little bit earlier, knowing our kids go to bed, you know, earlier. But you were like, uh-huh. um, one of the boys has a game. So if it's okay, the guys can just go pick him up. And so I think we came over, we chat, chatted for a little bit. And then Mason and Sean, which is my husband and Lisa's husband, got in the car, went and dropped Ian off, um, then came back mm-hmm. and ate. And then I think they went back and picked Ian up or something. I don't know. But I just yeah. know. Like, yeah, I it was just practice. I remember that. Yeah, it was just a go with the flow. And the guys can split off for a little bit and they can chat in the car. But you're not you know, ignoring the kids or your other requirements and engagements that you have going on. And it was a great time. I think we ended up staying probably too late. (laughs) Daddy, We loved it. Yeah. You guys probably felt it worse than we did because your kids (laughs) got earlier than ours. Yeah. Yeah. They're getting there. They're getting there. When I was, when my kids were little and it was a woman told me that, uh, you know, just talking about the difference between hospitality and entertainment or entertaining and mm-hmm. how, you know, a Martha Stewart meal, you know, is entertaining, but PB and J on the living room floor <laughs> is hospitality. Yeah. And that really, that shaped how I viewed it, you know, like just welcoming people into your shuffle and just doing life together in that way. Yeah. Um, really is kind of at the heart of hospitality. Yeah, because it's not always going to look like a big Thanksgiving meal. And I think if we wait till we can have a Saturday that's free so we can just cook this elaborate Mm -hmm. meal and have the house clean, then we might Mm -hmm. be waiting for a very long time. Yeah. Um, And and there's definitely times that I'm able to invite people over and the house just miraculously is cozy and the meal is just perfect, I feel like. (laughs) But then there's times, like you say, where I'm like, okay, it's leftovers, you know, or we're all just going to grab something and bring it. There's lots of times where friends will pick something up, grab something, we grab something and we eat my backyard, you know, and it's like, no one's really even cooking. So yeah, um, just that fellowship is really needed. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's chat a little bit about hospitality and kids, unless we have anything else to add on that one. Mm -hmm. Um, We had a lot of questions. I think when I opened up, I think a while back, I said, we're going to be talking about hospitality. What do you guys want to hear about? And I think the number one question was, 
hospitality kids just mm-hmm. different questions in regards to that but you have kids in a different stage than me so what kind of like tips or thoughts come to your mind when you're talking about hospitality and children yeah um i think probably my my the first thing that pops in my mind is just like roll with it because <laughs> it is it's crazy so when we when we lived in tokyo our kids were three, five, and seven. Okay. And then plus three years that we lived there. And we lived in an apartment on the 10th floor of this high rise. And we had about a thousand square feet. Oh, wow. And, um, I'm, there were hospitality. We just did, we had people over all the time. We joked like our door is, it was like a revolving door. Yeah. And sometimes we had to find the lock and like lock it. (laughs) Um, because we just, we just had people over all the time and it was, it was so fun. Um, but we didn't have a lot of space. We, people were crammed in there and the, most of the kids that were over were two and three and you know how two and three year olds are. Oh my gosh. I can't imagine. (laughs) I think the people below us were like, probably so happy when we moved out. (laughs) I think they probably thought their ceiling was coming crashing down. So, um, yeah. So with, with small kids, I remember just like, all right, let's cater the meal, make sure that there's something the kids will eat, Yes. feed them, get them taken care of, and then set them up to play. Mm -hmm. And then the adults would eat and chat, or if the kids were busy playing, the adults would just eat. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, um, but to go with the flow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of giving the kids a space to play. And I mean, just roll with it. (laughs) Yep. Um, but now I think as our kids are older, because we've been in the habit of hospitality, um, our, our older kids now, when younger kids come, they, they often will just take them under their wing and play with them. They do. Um, and your kids do a very good job. I think I've told you that multiple times, but your kids do great with younger kids. They just, well, they really do. They do take, it's like, truly they take them under their wing. And so I'm, I'm thankful. Like that's a way that hospitality that God's used it in our family's life to really shape them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, giving them it, it's, it's discipled them. <laughs> It has into what it looks like to love others, um, especially when they, you know, when it's not as, it may not be as satisfying to hang out with somebody younger than you, but you're still <laughs> pouring out and loving uh, in the same way that our kids right. were loved by the older kids mm-hmm. um, back when they were smaller. So, but for right, yeah, for right now, um, it looks like my kids help me clean the house and get it ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my kids are, um, you know, we had a family over last week and they had older kids and younger kids like ours. And it just, we didn't, you know, tell people where to sit. We just ended up having a kid's table and an adult's table. Yeah. And, you know, from the other room, I can hear, you know, it's kind of quiet. And then my oldest says, Hey, so tell me about school for you. And then from that moment on, they were chattering, they were upstairs talking, they were playing guitar. I could hear the karaoke mic you know, and so the littles are dancing around. And so it really is, you know, a a huge, I don't know, it's just really fun. Yeah. You know, just discipling our kids in that. And um, I don't know if that's helpful, but um, no, it's super helpful because I had that down on mine. Like I have to let go of the expectation that 
like my kids are going to be perfect and super well-mannered. Like this is training grand ground for them. This, when people come into our home, I know how to act. I know, you know, how to make people comfortable. I know how to be well-mannered, but they don't, they're learning. And so I think it's really good. And it shows from like, it gives me hope watching your kids, knowing that at one time they were the two-year-old, the Mm three-year-old, but now your kids are older and they're taking the two and the three-year-old under their wing. Um, And just your kid, like your kids are very respectful to adults too. And just very, they're just very hospitable. They house a hospitable presence. They do. And you can see that in your children. And um, I think, you know, it shows that you've had people in your home a lot and that you value fellowship with people and relationships because it rubs off on your children. For sure. Well, it's interesting, like that you say that because we, since moving back to America, we've seen how it's harder for us to do hospitality here. Um, and I don't know if it's just because everybody spread out. We're not, we don't live as close to our community as we did overseas. Um, we recently had two different, like we were, we were invited into someone's home for lunch and then we were had family into our home at dinner. And, um, one of my kids said today was so much fun. It reminds me of how life was in Japan. Um, and so I do think we have challenges here, Mm -hmm. um, that we have to overcome just with the geographical spread and the busy schedule, but it's so worth making it happen. And I think it's something that we grow in, you know, if you're just getting started to hospitality, you know, it might not go like you think it will, but if you just keep, keep doing it, (laughs) yeah, you know, you'll, it's like anything else. So you practice it, you become stronger at it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to kind of switch up our questions a little bit, because we're talking a lot about Japan. um, And then we might come back to the other one that was before that. But I'm just thinking, you, you know, you're talking how it was so different there. So maybe you can talk about how that shaped your hospitality and what are the differences? Do you think people in Japan were just, um, I don't know, like, I I don't know, because I've never been, I've never been Mm -hmm. out of the States. And so Mm -hmm. of course you have people and I have tons of missionary friends who come and tell me, but it's different than living there. And so I'm just curious how hospitality is different there than here. And like, Mm -hmm. what are some of the challenges and hangups for you now that you've come back? to the States. I mean, I know you kind of talked about it, but maybe you could go more in depth about that. Sure. Well, one thing that I learned from my time in Japan, just their society is much more of a communal culture. Okay. And so that you don't, there's not the individual. Okay. Yeah. um, Less individualistic. Right. And so we started, our team started this, we, we helped plan a church there. And so we would do small groups and, and dinners together And for that core group of Japanese. And most of them were not Christians yet. Um, they were a part of this group. And so the group works and does things together. Okay. And so it was very much like, what are we going to have for dinner? Yeah on Wednesday, you know, like it's going to be at my apartment, but everybody else is bringing food because it's something that we do and we share. Um, and I think that's hard here because Mm -hmm. we just don't think that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, I think another way Japan shaped me, I remember my friend Yoko came over and looked around at my apartment and she said, can I vacuum for you? (laughs) And Part of me was like, yes, please. And the other part of me was like, 
she thinks I'm like this horrible slob. <laughs> I love it. That's but awesome. She, but she also knew that like, it wasn't just our family making the mess. It was our community yeah. making the mess and she wanted to contribute right. uh, in the cleanup. And so yeah. she not only vacuumed, but she got my vacuum and she cleaned the vacuum. Oh my goodness. And then vacuumed like under the beds, <laughs> you know? And like, that was, it was a humbling moment for me to be like, I actually do need help. Yeah. And I can be blessed in that way. And if I'm not willing to show people the dust in my house, mm-hmm. I'm not going to receive that kind of a blessing and gift yeah. from them. Yeah. Um, and so I think that my, uh, I mean, some people, like when you come in their house, what do you want to drink? What do you want to eat? What do you, and I think I've kind of been like, Hey, come on in. Yeah. are in the cabinet, help yourself to the fridge. Yeah. Um, and I think Japan <laughs> definitely, um, definitely shaped that in me. Um, that's one, that's the way that pops into my mind. <laughs> yeah. Think first. I like that at, um, uh, general assembly this year, is it Megan Hill? Yeah. Megan Hill spoke at the they had like a women's luncheon on Wednesday and she talked about the letting, letting people see your dust. Mm. Um, because, you know, she was talking to a group of elders, wives and pastors, wives. And, um, I think, I think we as elders, wives and pastors, wives have a hard time balancing the transparency versus what do we keep, you know, what do we keep hidden? What do we let people see type thing? And so that's Mm kind of what she talked about was the hum, like the humbling experience of letting people sort of see your dust. And that is definitely Mm -hmm. relatable to hospitality in a literal Mm -hmm. sense, let people, Mm -hmm. (laughs) let them kind of see. Yeah. And I think once people see that your dust, they are so much more willing to show you theirs. Yep. And that's where really deep friendship and intimacy can happen. And that's like Mm -hmm. the, the fertile soil for true change. Yeah. Um, you know, when we can come together in that level of just fellowship, you know, the Holy Spirit can really begin to work there because we don't have our guard up. Yeah. We're just honest about who we are. Right. And I think when you're doing hospitality regularly, you're able to see it a little bit more. If you just go into someone's house one time, I think it's really easy to see, just to see things for not what they really are. You know, you're Mm -hmm. seeing, maybe you're seeing a house put together. It's the first time you were over at their home and they cleaned well, or they did have a wonderful meal. But if you're over there more, often. And if you guys, if you're, if you're practicing hospitality regularly and you're entering into these people's lives and into their homes on a regular basis, then you are inevitably going to see the dust. You know, you're inevitably going to see, okay, they're not as perfect as what I thought, because I think sometimes we, it, it can go both ways. We, as the host or the person, maybe welcoming people into our home, we can try to hide the dust. But then I also think going into someone's home, sometimes we can have a poor view and think, well, they just have it all together, you know, or maybe opposite, like they're a mess, <laughs> you know, um, instead yeah, of just, right. yeah, instead usually of what just... people think at my house. <laughs> <laughs> so moving forward, talking about kind of getting creative with hospitality. I was just, when I was reading Mark not too long ago in the Bible, I was just kind of noticing how hospitable Jesus was, but he didn't have a home that he was inviting people into, right? He was going into other people's homes a lot. Uh, 
And Mm -hmm. like I've said many times in this series, he housed hospitality. And in Mark Mm -hmm. 631, one of the first needs that Jesus recognized was hunger and weariness. And he provided that for his disciples. And so I think our homes for sure can feed, you know, hungry bellies and souls. Um, It can give rest to tired Mm -hmm. bodies and tired spirits. But I also think that we can get creative and realize that it doesn't always have to be in the home that we're being hospitable. Um, and so I think of you guys, cause I remember you mentioning that you bought two vans for the purpose of just, you know, tagging kids, kids along, um, being able to, to be the family that says, Hey, you know, you can get in my van, I can take you to practice and that sort of thing. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that. And I don't know if there's any other creative ways we can be hospitable outside of the home. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think it really just does take thinking a little outside of the box, a little bit of creativity, just how can I bless others? Um, and really like when I think of hospitality, like it happens in the home, but it also, it's almost like I'm creating a space around myself that I'm welcoming people into. Um, And so like, I have the privilege of working as a a middle school guidance counselor. And um, even just thinking like, I have this classroom that I was able to convert into a welcoming space for students that are having a hard time. Mm -hmm. Um, And like you said, with the van, like we will always be able to give people rides because there's space. We have enough Mm -hmm. seatbelts, you know, maybe it's packing an extra snack, you know, when you go to the playground, because you might meet a new friend and Mm -hmm. you can share that snack with your new friend or, um, yeah, just always planning for a little extra so that mm-hmm. if an opportunity comes along, you're ready for it. Yeah. I like that. I'm not, um, to the point where I can house people in my car, <laughs> but I hope to be actually, that was a, a discussion that Mason and I had you know, just the other day, eventually my Jeep will go kaput. And when it does, we would like to get a van. Um, or his car will go kaput. Maybe we can get a, get a van and he can take my Jeep. But it's funny because we have three kids and we fit them all in the back of our Jeep. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> most people, when they bump up to three kids, they go and they get a van or something, but we just couldn't afford it. So they're like, we're just going to shove them all back in here and it works. But, you know, uh, eventually, eventually I want to be the family that can say, Hey, hop in my van. You know, you can ride with us. Yeah. Uh, but for now, we got three kiddos in the back. They're doing real good with it, too. They don't even yes. hit each other anymore. <laughs> yes. And we, I mean, just so listeners are, like, aware, like, we both work, my husband and I both work for nonprofits. And these vans that we're talking about they're, are, they're like, like, 12 years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it's not anything new or shiny or fancy. Right. But you're um, sacrificing just, the new, the shiny and the fancy for just the practicality <laughs> of, Hey, we can, you know, we can have right. some kids in here. Okay. So you already mentioned this, but you are a counselor. Um, and I talked quite a bit about hospitality relating to being like in relation to a hospital. So being there for the spiritually sick, maybe even the physically sick, maybe you're Maybe you're an older listener or a younger listener. Maybe your parents, um, they have to live with you, you know, for a time that is being extremely hospitable, you know, inviting your parents into your home and taking care of them. So maybe you even are acting as, you know, a type of physical hospital, but I think hospitality, a lot of times is acting kind of a doctor, a physician for the spiritual, the spiritually sick. 
anyway, you're a counselor. So I think you can have some insight to this because I was thinking, you know, we can have all the tools, we can have a home, we can have a van, we can have, um, maybe we're a good cook, maybe we're great at decorating a home. Like I personally love all things home-wise, but if I'm just mm-hmm. in it for entertaining, then I've missed the mark, you know? So mm-hmm. I think we can have all the tools, but unless we're trained physicians, we're not actually utilizing hospitality the way we should. And so do you have any insight into that as a counselor? Yeah, I think that um, probably the best way to provide the hospital type of hospitality is just presence with people and really listening to them, asking questions about their life, questions about their story, um, not shying away from topics that maybe are uncomfortable. You know, if somebody wants to go there, um, being willing to stay there with them and, yeah. and seeking to understand. And it doesn't mean you have to have advice or any kind of insight. And often it's better not to have that and just to, yeah. to listen and just be there with them in that moment. So you don't have to have any kind of special training for that. You just, right have to be willing to be a friend in that moment. And I can, there's a handful of people in the last couple of decades, I can think of that um, it was not easy or enjoyable to show hospitality to um, because they were just hard and they had a lot more, you know, it was, it really, they were, they took a lot of energy and time and, um, attention. Yeah. Um, and it, it wasn't a reciprocal type of a friendship because of just where they were in their lives or what they were struggling with. But I think about there's the passage that Jesus talks about, um, is the parable of the great banquet is what it's called. And it's found in Luke, but it talks about don't invite people to your home, your relatives or rich neighbors, because yep. they have something to repay you right. with. But when you you know, but it encourages you like bring in the poor, bring in the crippled, bring in the lame and the blind. Um, and you know, your, your repayment, you know, as, as it were, will, will be at the resurrection. It'll be, you won't receive the benefits and the joys of that type of hospitality now. Right. Um, but it, but later you will. And I don't say that we're doing it for the repayment, but mostly I'm just acknowledging like sometimes hospitality is really hard and it's not Mm -hmm. fun. Yeah. But it's good. Right. Well, I think it's keeping your mind on the eternal, like you're keeping Mm -hmm. your mind on the spirit of that person and that person's Mm -hmm. soul and what, what that Mm -hmm. needs right now in that moment um, might be more important than like you're saying your fun or your convenience. If you are keeping your mind on heavenly things, on eternal things. We know that everything else is going to be added, right? We're going to be taken care of. We're going to be clothed. We're going to be fed. I mean, we have these promises in scripture. um, And I think the more we're practicing hospitality, just naturally, the more uh, needy people are probably going to be coming around because you're going to get a reputation of, of knowing, like not even people might not even be talking, but it's just naturally going to happen that people are going to flock, you know, like if your house is a house of love, if, if you have welcoming spirits, if you do house hospitality, then people are just going to naturally flock to you, um, which is going to kind of be exhausting sometimes. Um, but we got to lean on Christ, I think, and, and find our strength there. 
Yeah. For sure. Have you have you read that story about Edith Schaefer, how she used to make these sandwiches for yes. homeless people? I said that in um Oh, which one? What? I think it was the Martha and Mary hospitality. I think I mentioned okay. she actually encouraged me. I read that and I felt so convicted. I thought uh-huh. here I live in Evansville and like homeless people aren't knocking on my door, but I know where all the homeless people are. I know where people are hungry uh-huh. and where they have needs. We've just, since then, we've started giving a lot more to people. We've started giving food in a very pretty way, like having the kids make notes and stuff, but doing it differently than her. But Aww. she really inspired me. Um, just reading that chapter, yeah. I felt very convicted. I thought, you know, we've lived here in Evansville for about three, four years where we came from before doing something like that. Just you couldn't like you could like you could maybe go and drive to a person's house that, you know, may be in need, but there's not people just everywhere mm-hmm. like there is in the city, you know. Yeah. Um, so I really mm-hmm. felt mm-hmm. conviction come over me from that. And we've started practicing, I think, a, a little bit more of just extending our hand to the needy in that sort of way. So she's so creative and thoughtful in that book. Yeah, love it. (laughs) Okay, so I want to read Romans 12, verses 13 through 18 really quick, talking about hospitality. It goes right along with what we're talking about now. It says, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. I just love that. I think if we can, you know, like post that, (laughs) post that on our door, (laughs) post that in our house somewhere. Uh, that can keep our, I think our minds in the right place in regards to hospitality. And it reminded me of that story that you shared with me once. Uh, I think it was the last time we hung out, which then got me thinking more about hospitality. You'll just, you'll just have to share it. Cause I don't, I don't know the story. Yeah. Can you go ahead and share that? I'm sure. And some of your listeners might've already heard it. Um, okay. cause it's just an amazing story. Um, so there was a woman author who wrote a book and, and then a man, another author read the book and wrote a review on it. So this woman author, I guess, read his review and she started thinking, she said, I think he just lives a couple hours from me. Let's invite him over for dinner. And so you can, I was just, you know, refreshing my memory. You can read his article, his response when he got that email from her, he was like, I was so (laughs) just like shocked and like reminded she's a person. And I was putting my words above her words. And um, so her gracious offer of hospitality really like convicted him of his own sin. Yeah. And um, they're both Christians. And I think that Like she just moved towards him in love who he was kind of acting like an enemy in some ways. And Mm -hmm. I just think that's amazing because if somebody was publicly criticizing me, the last thing I would want to do or think to do is invite them over for dinner. (laughs) I love that. She like went out of her way too, to like, I think he only lives a couple hours away. Um, I'm just, I'm going to invite him. And did he end up going or 
How do you know? You know, I want to say that he did. Um, but <clears throat> either I don't, way, I it sparked that. good conversation yes. and obvious, obvious heart changes there. Yes. But I'm imagining he would be on his face at her doorstep, you know, <laughs> I would, Please yeah. Forgive me. <laughs> yeah. But I think it, it's so, there's such a reality there that it's so much easier, I think, to talk about people, you know, and to, to criticize and to be judgmental yeah. and to be harsh when they're not face-to-face with us. Yeah. Um, and if you're not practicing hospitality and if you're not in fellowship with people, then I think it's just much easier to have a judgmental spirit because you're not, sure. you're not face-to-face with people, you know, if you're living kind of as mm-hmm. a hermit or whatever, and that, that is not to throw guilt on anyone who may be in a hard season. Like maybe you're not able to um, invite people into your home in this season for whatever reason. But mm-hmm. again, there's, there's lots of creativity there and there's lots of grace there. And there's also just different seasons will call for different types of fellowship. Yeah. It's just like zoom. We're, so we're meeting today on zoom. Lisa actually does not live too far from me, but I've had a household that is sick and I myself am not feeling great. So we decided to do zoom, but zoom is just not the same guys as face-to-face no. interaction. It is just no. not Um, there's just something missing there that uh, you don't get, you don't get that. Mm -hmm. It's not the same. So, okay. Well, do you have anything else to add to all of that? Any Um, other thoughts? Yeah, I think I want to add that, um, just because I'm talking about these things, it doesn't mean that I'm good at them or like Mm -hmm. an expert. Yeah. Um, and even just throwing in, like, I am not a great cook. (laughs) Like my food is usually edible. And so (laughs) if anyone is looking for like a role model in mediocre food preparation and still having people over, it's you, it's Lisa Radke. I could be that inspiration. Um, And so I think that like, I have a friend that her gift is hospitality and she loves to cook and she like, loves the taste of certain flavors and you know it's like her kitchen is a magical place and it's mm-hmm. beautiful and it's on a river and you go to her wow. home and you just you feel like you're in this wonderful retreat and I like I'm like God bless you like that is an amazing amazing yeah. hospitality and my family has benefited and we love going there yeah um uh, but if I think if I just looked at her and I'm like well I can't do that so I'm not going to do anything. Right. Um, we right. can't, we can't do that. We have to all operate out of who we are and the gifts yeah. and the resources that God's given us. And to do that in a way, like not to be ashamed of that. Yes. Um, yeah. I'm like, you come here to eat, but you're mostly coming to my house for the, the company and the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> you're coming for yeah. a gourmet meal. You will not <laughs> be happy at the end of the night. <laughs> but it's so true. We have to. We have to be confident in who the Lord made us and in what giftings he's given us. And I think it is definitely worthwhile to figure out where your giftings are and um, lean into those because, I mean, now thinking back, I haven't had like some like great phenomenal meal at your house, Lisa, but I've had some of the best conversations um, (laughs) that I've had ever, like since moving to Evansville, you know, I've had the best relational conversations, you know, just with you, even amongst children or sitting around your table or through Voxer or whatever. So, you know, just that personal one-on-one relationship. And I mean, I can see why you're a counselor for sure, because you are, you know, you're such a good listener. And so just those 
those giftings, just knowing like, okay, I'm gifted in this area. That's not a prideful thing. It's realizing this is where the Lord has gifted me. And how can I lean into that and then Mm -hmm. share that with other people, you know, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be a gourmet meal or a, you know, super tidy house. It can be a listening ear. It's a step up above PB and J, but (laughs) (laughs) it's not <laughs> hey, those chicken sandwiches. I think we ended up turning that chicken into chicken sandwiches. Those were really good at your house. We did. It was a little we bit did. like it a Chick fil A feel. <laughs> it worked. It your did. salad was excellent. <laughs> I don't remember the salad, but I think I put it on top of the sandwich. Yep. <laughs> we make it work. We That's made it my work. style. My hospitality style is to go with the flow and make it work. If you if you heard anything today, it's roll with it. <laughs> <laughs>